Hello and welcome to Distinction, an Opidium podcast. I'm Ken Punter. Distinction focuses on marketing, communications and reputation in higher education. We look at this broadly and we speak to people who work in the sector and who support the sector. We cover student recruitment, research communications, including public engagement, internal communications and any other form of marketing, communications or reputation management. In this episode, I speak with John Lees, co-founder of film production company Slater Mortar. John talks about his experiences of creating film and videos when working in-house in a university and also with university clients. He shares creative ideas and approaches of how to make videos for universities impactful and distinct. We have an interesting and helpful conversation about how best to incorporate student-generated content into official university video. And finally, we speak about research communications and creating films to support impact. My name's John Lees. Um, I'm the co-founder of, of Slater Mortar, which is a video production company which, which specialises in working with uh, higher education institutes. Um, so, yeah, just to kind of give you a, a brief kind of summary of my background, um, I was brought up in a little t- uh, town, well, I say a little town, a town called Nuneaton, um, which is kind of famous for film director Ken Loach uh, and, and yeah. you know and 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 all the types of films he produced. Uh, so I started there and, and kind of studied there. Um, did my A levels there. Um, was always very passionate about kind of filmmaking, and I loved to kind of watch films as a kid. It was a real escape for me. Um, but but during the kind of times I was doing my GCSEs and A levels, there wasn't necessarily um, a lot of kind of um, courses that were available to me. So I ended up kind of. Um, kind of studying things like communications and, and music technology um, before uh, finding, uh, through clearing, an opportunity to go and study um, films, film, well, moving image, design and moving image, um, which is kind of graphic design and, 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 and design around around uh, uh, filmmaking and, and, and things like that. So that's oh, kind of... And without wanting to cut in, sorry, John, but without wanting to sort of give a, give away your age, so roughly when is that? Because I know that there's been technology changes around film yeah. and video. We're going to yeah, so about. I mean, I was I was right on the cusp of that kind of technology change, actually, when I went to university. So, so I'm, I'm just coming up to 40 now. So um, I was uh, like very late 90s. I was doing my A-levels and I went to university um, pretty much on the millennium as well. So um, when I went to university, we were the first year group um, they'd got there that was kind of working digital all the years above were still being trained in, mm-hmm. in kind of tape to tape and, and, and that type of stuff. Whereas we were the first um, cohort of, of, of students to work with kind of primarily with the kind of the digital and, and, and that side of things as well. Yeah. So, so, so we're going to, we're going to come on to that. So that, that's fantastic. So, but ju- just taking you back a bit as well. So, so you're from Nuneaton and sort of, yeah. um, were you, were you aware? I mean, Ken Loach is, I don't know, <laughs> no. niche, niche is the right way to put it, but sort of, a, there's a, I don't know if it's a realist style or whatever, very sort of social realism, I think might be the phrase that might be used with Ken Loach, but what was your motivation? Was it, was it, you didn't know what else to do or you were quite interested in that? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, like I say, I always, I always love films and, you know, like it was a bit of an escape for me because, uh, so my my mum had MS and my, so, and so he didn't work and, and my dad um, he he was having to work a lot so he'd have to work at weekends so quite often I'd find myself kind of either going to the cinema with 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 me mum because that was something she, she could take us to do or I'd, I'd watch a lot of kind of VHS so I can't remember like literally sometimes like watching things like Indiana Jones like four or five times like little sections of them mm-hmm. in in the morning you know, on, a, on a Saturday morning when my dad was kind of working on the drive on cars and things like that so 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 I'd always kind of really loved films and films and filmmaking and kind of did media studies and and and, and a kind of we didn't have the media studies kind of option um uh, at college and things like that so i ended up doing like like i say communications and, and things like that but i didn't do particularly well in in, in those type of things um so so obviously I, I ended up kind of i think i was going to end up kind of just kind of trying to find a job um once i finished college and things like that and, and my mom kind of pointed out that you know through clearing there was an option available um on this uh, university course but it was to do they needed someone to do kind of the the, the, music, the sound recording and that side of things so initially I went to this do this course and you know my 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 routine was to do sound recording things like that but I wasn't particularly interested or passionate about that that, that side of things and when you were watching the films you, you referenced Indiana Jones that was going to be one of my questions what, what's your sort of earliest memory of watching the film either at the cinema or on, on um, VHS and we might have to just unfortunately unpack some of these terms for people who are a bit younger so yeah. VHS is, is was a type of type of video so this was the and that was quite 
groundbreaking probably you know by the by the late 90s it was sort of well established but it was quite groundbreaking yeah. as in you didn't have to wait until it was on the tv or go to the cinema to watch a film so that's what vhf re- reference was but um hopefully we won't have to do that too much often in this conversation but um <laughs> so what what if you got memories either at the cinema or you yeah, know sometimes yeah. people have iconic moments so oh, there was that thing that happened or this thing i watched what was well, it for you to- yeah, we used to go and do double bills at uh, Nuneaton Arts Centre. They'd have like a little cinema screen there. And me and my mum, I went to see. Um, I th- I'm thinking the very first film I ever saw, it was two films, was was the Robin Hood's Disney cartoon. Mm-hmm. And straight after that was Herbie Goes Bananas. So I think they were the first two films. And uh, and also I very much remember kind of going and seeing Santa Claus the movie and, uh-huh. and, and, and things like that, you know, <laughs> real kind of kids, you know, proper 80s kids kind of films. But they'd all got that, that kind of... Uh, certain kind of magic to them as well you know that, that you mm. know from, from that kind of era that you know like the goonies and things like that so so yeah like so i used to go in, and see those films at nuneaton which was a really small little kind of cinema um and then and then we you know there's another one as well in hinkley which was a bit posh i think they got like two screens as well so so it was, it was we, you know we go and see all the, these kind of mid-80s kind of kids films and were you just watching those sort of as entertainment or, or did you start deconstructing it in your head did, did, you know and I'm not, no, trying, no, I'm not trying to sort of say you know we like Spielberg scene no. were you thinking about shots and angles and emotion and music and all the all the various things components that make up filmmaking or was it no. just simply I like this yeah I wasn't aware I, I wasn't aware <laughs> of, of, of anything that went in it was just yeah literally at that point it was just like I've read, I've read a lot as well you know and, and, and always kind of like you know kind of um fantasy and kind of escapism and, th- and things like that you know um so so you know i just you know they were just kind of magical kind of things weren't they really to kind of it was just a, and it was a nice time you know you go to the, go to the cinema with your, your family you know it was just a, a, quite a nice special event really tell me again about the course so it, it was it uh was it hull was that where the course yeah it was link it was link it was a uh, humberside of linkshire which i think is now is now called uh lincoln uni right but uh at campus was um the Hall School of Arts mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't think it was particularly kind of at the time uh, a highly ranked kind of university but the, the, the School of Arts was was quite well well respected and um, I was quite lucky to get in I think actually um, and like I, said, I think I only got in because they needed somebody to kind of when they were doing the kind of shoots and stuff to uh, to do the sound and they hadn't got anybody in the course who'd kind of specialise in that so that's I think how I kind of got into the back door there a little bit um, so yes yeah, so the course was um, designed uh, television and film design Mm-hmm. And we mainly kind of worked on, you know, sort of screen design. So there was a lot of kind of work around things like title sequences and, and how kind of title sequences were constructed and the narrative behind them. And there was a lot of work on things like typography and, and layout of screen and things like that. Um, so, so, I mean, our, our lecturers kind of primarily specialised. One of them, I think, uh, was kind of partially responsible for the for the Bergerac title sequence and 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 uh so and and the, one of the other lecturers you know had done a lot of the kind of the the, the old screen identifier like Yorkshire TV and 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 Channel 4 and things like that so they've got that kind of background rather than kind of filmmaking um but I was really into it I was really enjoy- I mean I wasn't very good for the first year and a half it took me a little while to kind of get my head around it because a lot of the of my kind of uh, peers on the course were really into kind of they were amazing artists and storyboards and I obviously came and didn't have that and I, I still don't have that skill in you know kind of hand drawing and things like that so I had to kind of take additional classes in in in, in that type of thing um you know kind of sketch work and things like that but but I, I did really enjoy it I mean I was always into comics as well so that that didn't harm either so it was that kind of that visual kind of way of telling stories was, was always really kind of appealing to me and so just like you mentioned you, you just used a word there ident can you just explain what they are yeah, so um, I think, like for me, the most famous one is 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 a it's it's like the brand ident of a of a channel or or something like that. So the one I always think of is is the exploding blocks of the the kind of Channel Four ident. You know, with the, can remember it, all the different kind of coloured mm. blocks that would kind of come together. Or, or currently the, on Channel Four, they have all this metal giant kind of walking through kind of Yorkshire and through streets and things like that. Or or you know, BBC Two used to do have the, the kind of the infamous kind of two with different personalities and in different scenarios and things like that. So it was it was it, it was things it was things like that was kind of one of the, the stuff we were looking at. So kind of branding and ident for, for, for screen and how they were made. Um, but then, like I say, the other thing was was things like title sequences and and things like that. And so it was a lot of kind of um, uh, development and conceptual work, but also kind of quite a lot of stuff around kind of uh, kind of post production and, and 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 that side of things as well. Post, when you say post-production you mean sort of the editing after the film has been yeah. after whatever's been shot they would do that so we're yeah. going to come on to that as well in a minute but if <clears> I could just stop there for a second because because what I was really hoping to do with some of this it might sound a bit sort of process and just day-to-day for you but I think it's always interesting for people who don't have um 
don't have sort of a particular knowledge and and again so this is all about this is about higher education and you know i think people in colleges and schools could find it interesting as well but we're particularly thinking about higher education and and it's just all the if i can use the phrase exploding that you you sort of just open up and have a look and see what's going on so with the idents and the titles and that's the opening sequences you're talking about is that about Set, setting the scene setting the emotion and that could be anything i guess from a new story documentary film drama and and, and all these almost subliminal things is that is that yeah. what you're talking about and even like yeah. what the typeface looks like and how we feel and the music and everything yeah yeah i mean there's, there's like yeah absolutely so there's, there's kind of various different kind of for title sequence for example ways that we're approaching kind of title sequences there's kind of abstract ones you know um you know like, like soul bassings like psycho where it's it, it's it's more about kind of setting a mood and a feel before you get in without kind of necessarily kind of giving it away but then you, you've got kind of uh ones that are a bit more kind of narrative kind of based so um talking back in the day but you know films like seven where they kind of it's it's abstract but it's it's you know it's still kind of give you an idea of, of what the character's like and 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 you again you you, you get a feel they're trying to before you go into the film of what, mm-hmm. what it's gonna it's gonna be There was something on the BBC, I think, I don't know if it was iPlayer or it had been broadcast recently, but Stuart Copeland, the, the ex-drummer from the band The Police, did a thing, uh, a series of documentaries about, about music and the effect it has on us and the neurology of how our brains respond. And I think he was talking to, um, oh, I've forgotten his name now, but he's the composer who actually worked on, on The Simpsons. I'll have to, um, to find that and edit, edit that in. And of course, the composer of the Simpsons theme tune was Danny Elfman and you can see him in Stuart Copeland's Adventures in Music on the BBC iPlayer. Back to John. He took a sequence of, it was Stuart Copeland walking across a, a bridge in a, in a European city and it was shot from different angles and basically um, the composer was putting different music over yeah. the top of it <laughs> and, and it completely changed yeah. how you felt, whether it was quirky and even quite subtle differences. One of it made it quite like drama one of it made it feel like a thriller one of it felt felt like almost horror and then there was another one that was sort of very comic but then there was one that felt like black comedy as well so it was really interesting and then presumably the way you have the titles coming on the screen can all add to that as well so you're starting to tell the story before the story's even begun you're setting the scene setting the mood absolutely yeah i mean we we did it that example we did an exercise at university very similar to that which is where we were given a randomly kind of clips from, from various kind of scenes and scenarios and we had to kind of redo the, the sound design for them and things like that and quite often there were such abstract clips that we, we hadn't got a clue what what where they were from and this was before you could kind of really find out so so yeah you'd end up kind of putting your own interpretation on it so so, so yeah absolutely I mean things like music I think things like choice of font you know um, you know color schemes everything that, that really does kind of totally kind of uh, change the perspective of you know of, of, of what's going to happen in the film. I think I know what the answer to this question is, but when we think about if, if, if a university is commissioning a film and um, and we're going to get into some of the, some of the types of work that you, you've done with universities, but, but I think the two things I'm thinking about are one is either student recruitment. So the, the, the and I'll say classic, um, the classic student recruitment, undergraduate recruitment video film or research communications. People have got sort of research individual academics or institutes or departments need to, need to do some research communications um how much in in either of those scenarios are people thinking about setting the scene or or how much do you feel you're able to influence people to set the scene because i've seen i've seen a spoof student recruitment video and i forgot what what social media channel did it but but it was one of these ones where it was um it it just it was a spoof one but it looked like quite Mm. a lot of student recruitment videos because they they all look and sound the same and um (laughs) And that's not to say they don't do a job, and I'm not knocking them at all, but because it, it, sometimes it's hard to be distinctive. But but from what you've described there, it is possible to start thinking about this with music and opening credits and titles. But is is it easy to have that conversation with a client, say an HE client, to say actually if we did this a bit different, even if the middle was the same, you're you're setting a different type of feel and mood and and, and whatever at the start. Do you does that come up? Yeah, I think it, it depends. Standard kind of as it depends on the client. I, f- I feel like some some institutes to be, and again, depending on where they're kind of based or or, or where they're ranked to a certain extent, are willing to take kind of more risks 
than than others. I mean, we we did a recent kind of uh, pitch to to a university where we kind of said, look, actually, you know, a lot of content is is looking kind of very similar. You know, you could particularly at the minute you could kind of pin it down to kind of you know drone shots over the top. I mean, you're limited by what's what's going on with kind of the, the pandemic at the minute, but you know, like drone shots over the top, kind of shots of students on computers, or you know, tracking shots. And and like you say, they do kind of get lost in the mix a little bit. Um, but yeah, but I mean, like some institutes we do find are, are particularly kind of open to, to trying different things. And it's, it's about the thing we kind of really kind of push on is, 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 is we think obviously it's about kind of creating a response. And it's about kind of making sure students kind of see how they can almost place themselves within that story. So um, want to take different risks. So it's about kind of getting a, an emotional response, mm-hmm. um, you know, from students. But it's also about kind of authentic, authenticity as well. And we, we find that, you know, like right. uh, what works uh, well for us is is is. is it's kind of content that you know that isn't you know it's got to have a high kind of production values and things like that but isn't necessarily really contrived you know and and again it's it's that or potential students are probably quite naturally wary of kind of very corporate kind of looking things so mm. so we, we try and create content like that you know is a little bit kind of more honest i suppose in, in its approach yeah because sometimes you can get very artistic and very funky about these things so it's like you know it's not that creativity to take over so you know far from saying well let's have a hitchcock type sort of drama yeah. to this no one's going to suggest that that's a good idea but but it's interesting just to, just saying there that in film and tv generally going back a while setting that scene at the start getting people into a right sort of you know mindset or a particular mindset that, we, that, that the, the writer or director wants them to have it's possible to do that right at the beginning and i don't know and, and i'm assuming actually from a budgetary standpoint if people don't have a lot of money to spend on a video mm. that's that's an area to think about before you've even begun is that even absolutely. if even if the content remains pretty similar yeah absolutely i think one, one of the things that probably going back to the last point i should have kind of said was was it's everything everything's got to have a point you know right. it's it's you know it's 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 really kind of fundamentally important to know what the messaging should be before you even think about the creative, you know. And I think quite often people come in with creative ideas and things like that. And 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 sometimes you've got to take a few steps back and go, actually, you know, what what are we trying to say? What are we trying to do with with this content? And, and when, once that's kind of identified, then you can kind of look at a different kind of creative approaches and you know, and offer some really. We tend to kind of offer some you know, like out there kind of stuff that that you know is hit or miss <laughs> with, with our clients' responses. But but it's it's you know, we also kind of offer stuff that you know they might feel a bit kind of more comfortable with and things like that but yeah absolutely so i think once you've got those those kind of messages kind of very clear then yeah you know you look at you can look at budget and uh and, and there's always solutions you know you might have a really kind of small budget but there's still ways around it you know that might just mean you know you've got to really kind of consider kind of you know what what you put up on screen and just be quite um focused with you know with with, with the way you approach the production and just extending that thought a little bit so then, then thinking back i think it's really a video and I'm, I'm sort of comparing to tv and i'm thinking about tv well, it could be tv drama it could be mm. um could be a documentary based but but the idea the notion of episodes um and so i don't want to i don't want to stretch the analogy too much but it's sort of interesting with drama that sometimes you can have an episode that's very fast moving uh, and, and uh, or it could be focused on a particular character in the story or a particular angle to the news story if it's a documentary that's got several episodes to it um do do you find then that you're able to create episodes or or do people in university sort of want episodes so uh, what i mean by that is that i think if a parent is looking um Mm. at at a promotional video say for student recruitment the types of cues that they're looking for the type of information that they're looking for subliminal as well as sort of overt Mm. Mm. will be different from what their children might be looking for for instance and so Are you able to sort of take that episode approach and actually almost like tailor it to say, well, actually, this one would really work for for this person? Fundamentally, okay. So one of the things could be campus, campus experience. Yeah. So as a parent, you're probably thinking, is it safe? Yeah. And aside from pandemics and stuff like that, whereas the you know the, the prospective students is thinking, you know, how much fun is it going to be, yeah. or how how yeah. well am I going to be able to do my studying? So so do you do that or or do you tend to to find that you've just got one and it's got to try and work for it for everybody? How do you approach that? I, I, again, that can depend on, on a number of things. I mean, I think essentially, yeah, you kind of in an ideal situation, what you know, if we're going to do something that's kind of an overarching campaign, we'll, we'll do an overarching video that might collect on maybe six or seven different students and their journeys and scenarios around, you know, those kind of key moments that they have. So it might be, you know, a shot of, a, of accommodation with everybody, you know, being really f- happy and friendly and a really kind of comforting, warm environment, you know, and that's the suggestion of that. But then you might show a shot of, um, of a, a, 
you know like a, a library or something like that where you know some student space so th there's those type of things that you can do all within one film but what's quite nice to do is also kind of if if the budget's there and it's, it's to the kind of individual kind of stories that you know you could you could see all these different students within an overarching film but you might necessarily you could then potentially go in and, and kind of follow each of these individuals in separate content you know accompanying content that you know you can release as part of a, of a campaign as, as, as well and, and follow specific kind of key points and messages you want there with, with these individual kind of shorter films if you're in a marketing department or a communications department in a university or a department or a faculty and and you're you're commissioning film video of course you need to know who the audience is of course you need mm. to know what the purpose is and that's often some of the first questions that were asked but mm. i think sort of break just breaking it out a little bit to actually think well how can we make it different how can it look different to competitor institution or you know how can i particularly sort of tell a story over here and we, we're going to come on to sort of how do you weave in those more authentic genuine stories through user-generated context i know you've got some experience of doing that we'll, we'll mm. come on to that So can you talk us through um, your, your your professional background, John? What what happened after graduation? Okay, so um, yeah, I, I graduated in in two thousand and two, um, and and it kind of moved moved back to to just nearby Birmingham. Um, I didn't have any links to industry, um, and I didn't have uh, any kind of family uh, down in London. And, and one of the things that was kind of told to us uh, at university was, you need to move to London. Um, you've got to, you know, if you want to kind of go and work in industry, you've got to do that. Um, that wasn't really feasible for me. So um, for the first kind of three or four years, I ended up kind of uh, uh, teaching kind of part time, um, FE and HE, um, but also kind of scrabbling a bit of a living as a videographer. Um, so at that time, I was, I was kind of a self-producing uh, director. So I was doing kind of small bits of freelance, kind of corporate and things like that. Um, but then I eventually kind of um, started picking up kind of slightly bigger uh, bits of work. I did quite a lot of work then down in London for for um, uh, Dennis Publishing. I started to kind of work as backup cameraman on on adverts and things like that. And I ended up kind of building a little bit of a reputation or a network with, with a number of, of agencies in in um in London kind of doing various kind of uh, bits of freelance there um eventually I uh, was picked up uh and offered a job at an agency in, in Birmingham um which was a production company there um kind of a mid-sized one so I think it was about 20 25 employees and I worked there initially um as a cameraman and editor um so doing a lot of kind of broadcast corporate you know but, but primarily the very technical stuff um before eventually kind of getting uh, promoted to being a producer director and at that point i was uh producing kind of content again kind of commercials uh, uh corporate stuff for, for for quite a lot of clients and some some good names as well so like vodafone uh, uh microsoft you know did quite a bit of work with xbox um so 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 there was a number of kind of quite nice kind of uh, uh clients there. and that was that was a really enjoyable and really good learning experience you know that was where i kind of looked to kind of manage crews and, and budgets and, and things like that um eventually unfortunately the, the the company ran into financial difficulties because of a, of a, of a number of kind of um, larger clients kind of uh, unfortunately kind of closing down so that so the the uh, company scaled right back and and all that you know although i was i was still there um i thought it was kind of time for a, for a change and, and and then kind of uh was was offered a job at the University of Warwick, kind of running their their creative digital communications team, which was which was really unique in the sense it was an in in house uh, university production team, but there was there was some good budget behind it at the time, and and it was that we were able to kind of uh, over the course of the three years I was there, bring in you know broadcast professionals, you know you know we had like a really fantastic kind of uh, graphics operator there, and we had we had camera and editors in house in and things like that. It was it was a good sized team, um, and for the three and a half years I was there, we were kind of producing a lot of content around uh, you know kind of uh, recruitment you know kind of top level kind of strategic stuff so overarching kind of um undergraduate kind of campaigns you know we did departmental stuff as well but we were kind of working um from from a central kind of comms and marketing kind of remit um but also alongside that you know things like highlighting research we did a lot of kind of live events as well so we covered covered a lot over those those kind of three years um but what I found kind of running that was that there wasn't really um many options when when outsourcing to to work with um uh, production companies that kind of understood the kind of the infrastructure of universities and, and kind of what's involved in the, and the way they work um, and I kind of thought there was a bit of a gap in the market for that so uh, about five or six years ago um, I, I set up Slate and Mortar um, so, so, so yeah we're a video production company that you know, you know kind of 
pride yourself on, on understanding, you know, the HE and FE, you know, but primarily the HE sector. Okay, you, you mentioned production companies there. So if people aren't aware what a, what a video or film production company is, can you, can you just summarise yeah. what that means? Yeah, so video production companies, I mean, you, you get mixtures, I mean, you get full service agencies, um, which, you know, kind of come in and work with you from, from a strategic uh, video level all the way through to kind of the final deliverables and even you know you know video video activation you know so, so they can work with you on that you get video production companies that come in and, and, and primarily they are there to film what you tell them to film uh, as well so so it, it's it's companies that you know come in they offer the kind of the ranges of they'll come in they'll film they might manage the shoot for you they might manage the interviews um, and they'll, they'll produce the, the edits and, and they'll, they, they should you know take you through the entire process of, of, of producing you know video and moving image content So moving on from that, and again thinking about how how to set the scene. So we've we've, we've thought about that. There's the, there's the setup, and it could be music, it could be typography, it could be graphics on on the screen, and about getting people. To, and we thought about episodes and and how that can potentially work with different audiences. Um, but just just carrying on then with the natural flow of a film. When when people are thinking about the film, because I wonder if conversely sometimes we can overproduce it so what what are some simple techniques if people are thinking about that they're trying to convey something i don't know whether it's emotion or the feeling or the brand or however whatever word people might want to use through through the the actual film itself what are some of the things that you're thinking about some of the advice that you tend to give people i think relatability is a, is a, is a, is a really good tool i think you know we, we've recently done work with with clients outside the he sector who uh we're for a football club essentially and in quite a, 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 a famous football club and one of the things they really wanted to do was, was kind of try and build the relationship between some of their players um and 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 their, their fans and, and things like that and what we found worked really well with that was was this kind of showing those moments that you know um we we all can relate to but also you know even even you know football players still go through so so we we kind of looked at like a christmas morning it was it was for a kind of a, a winter campaign but the fact that you know that you know these football players earn these kind of larger wages but you know they still have christmas mornings the same as everybody else you know when they were kids still open presents and things like that and i think that's something that you know uh, working within hey chin and and uh with students we, we we can all relate to you know like so uh things like shared shared moments shared experiences you know like one of the things we we kind of pitched recently for for a london-based university was was a kind of around you know those, those little kind of shared moments that everybody has it could be like you know listening with uh, to a to some music track on, on the night bus on the top floor with your friend you know with sharing a, a, an earphone each, and, and things like that or, or 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 those moments like like, like i mentioned before where um you know where it's, it's kind of people in student accommodation sitting in the shared space just having a cup of coffee and a chat and a laugh and it's it's those kind of relatable moments that i think are really quite a, a, a strong strong tool particularly for kind of recruitment kind of uh marketing so I'm going to go for a slight tangent here because I wanted I did want to talk about this separately, but the fact that you've you've talked about relatability, so we're more I think more tuned in now with social media, so much content, so much video content. I think we're generally more tuned in to what we could describe it as authentic. You know, mm. this feels mm. authentic or this feels contrived. Yeah. Um, and I'm sort of, I sort of hesitate around that word authentic because sometimes the fly on the wall documentary about people behaving badly could be quotes authentic, but it's actually, you know, that's certainly not what you want to convey in a student recruitment video. So, but, but having something that just doesn't feel too corporate, too polished, but it feels like actually I can, I guess it's trust is maybe mm. the word. So I know the number of universities use like student bloggers um, and, and the idea of using, user-generated content was one of those phrases about content video that students themselves have shot maybe on a phone or something like that um prospective students are really fascinated by that because that feels incredibly authentic and it's like people like me and i can relate to them and that's what it actually looks like it it's quite hard to get that into a corporate video in in such a way that by corporate video i mean one produced by the marketing department it's quite hard to get that in there and for it not to feel like it's just been chopped in or it feels a bit token or 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 box ticking i know there was one particular project and we've talked about it off air that i was i was thought was really interesting because there was um i don't know if you're allowed to mention the institution but if not it's it's a uk university where 
you actually commissioned user-generated content that was you, you sort of knew in advance roughly what they were shooting but it was down to them mm. to do it and then mm. incorporate it in uh, i think that's something that could be quite interesting to a lot of marketing departments because h- how to get that and make it look authentic is really hard but you've got experience of doing that do you, do you mind unpacking that for us yeah yeah sure so it was um yeah, it was a Northern based institute. And when we worked um, specifically with uh, a department that was doing um, a lot of stuff around kind of uh, architecture um, and they got two uh, international trips. So the students were going, separate students were going on these two trips and what they, they kind of uh, were interested in was just kind of what, what they could kind of produce and what the students could produce themselves. So for one of the trips, it was entirely shot by the students. I'll break that down a little bit more. The, the other one was a combination of student shot content and 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 a supplementary um film crew that we kind of provided as well so so the first one which was entirely shot by by the students was was filmed in berlin um and what they'd actually got is they 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 got a student vlogger who was very kind of comfortable um producing kind of uh, producing stuff for, for her own personal kind of uh, uh, youtube channel um so they kind of picked her, but they also kind of picked up two or three other students as as well that they thought could could do some really kind of nice stuff. Um, and we went up to 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 the university and we we kind of did a, a workshop with them. So taught them through what goes into producing kind of like you know engaging content, what what they can do to make their their particular kind of stuff they were shooting better. So that was that was things like you know like how to kind of talk to camera, you know how to. But it, was, it was also kind of technical things such as you know how to frame, um, how to kind of get good sound you know from from a mobile phone but also things like picking up additional content as well so so making sure that you know when you're not talking to the camera you know you're filming all the time so you've got all these kind of shots that can kind of be edited over the top mm-hmm. and and talking through narrative as well so so so, so we did that with the workshop with them we also did that, did that workshop with the second group as well um but but like i said we also sent out quite a small very mobile kind of a production team with them i think it was it was potentially two or three people and and so the students were shooting their own stuff and their own experiences and they were shooting things kind of at night when the crew wasn't there and things like that but then spliced in with that was kind of like quite high-end kind of production shots shot, shot by our, our team and that uh, that's a really strong piece of work actually uh, you know that's one of our ones that when we kind of present uh present to clients i think we, we put that front and center i think that's that's uh, it's, it's a really nice com- uh, combination because you've got the authenticity of, of, of the students kind of talking and and, and the real experiences it's, it's things like them all sitting in, in a room eating a pizza you mm. know uh, uh, in the hotel you know and things like that and just having a bit of a laugh after a, a hard day's kind of work but then alongside that you've got some really kind of nicely kind of crafted kind of shots of like you know uh, Barcelona and this kind of really uh, beautiful kind of location as well so it's a, it's a really nice combo of the two. So just breaking it down then so and just uh, I think sometimes sort of putting some phrases or jargon in sometimes it's unhelpful but sometimes it's, it's helpful because it sort of explodes the process a little bit more for people so what that sounds to me like is like a, doing the the pre-production piece so production in filmmaking is the filming and pre-production is all the preparation beforehand which could be a whole range of things and so that's interesting so you are so doing the workshops working with the students giving them a sense of almost like a filmmaking 101 Mm. um, and knowing in advance what they're going to do so rather than retrospectively try and you know oh this student's shot some really interesting stuff somehow let's try and potentially shoehorn this into you know the the university's video it's actually think about that purpose in the in the pre-production bit the planning bit at the start so that that's a service you provide as well so it's not even like coming to start filming for us but actually it could be about workshops and it could be about preparing um, or working potentially, I guess, along inside in-house teams rather. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So you get that piece right. And and when you were describing, I think you were saying it was the Barcelona piece as well, and and presumably as well, you know, filming in Barcelona and Berlin, they're sort of very sort of, I don't know what, telegenic places as well. But but the principle is the same, isn't it? And and what it sounded like there was is the idea, you know, sometimes I've seen, um, I don't know, it could be all sorts of interviews, like sports interviews, and it's the it's the you know one to one you don't see the interview you've got the person on camera talking head it's a color shot and then occasionally you get this sort of black and white shot from the edge mm. of the person but you can see the interviewer you can see the lights you see the camera and you sort mm. of you're intercutting to say yeah look, this is polished because you you really want to this is what you want viewer yeah but actually you also want authentic and i'm going to show you a little bit behind the scenes it's a bit like yeah you know, we're going to pull the curtain back so so was that the effect you were going for with with sending a small crew <clears throat> excuse me sending a small crew as well as them filming their own um footage 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you were saying that example, I was just thinking of like every time you see the news at the minute, they they uh, they pull to a wide shot, don't they, of, of the interviewer, interviewer holding a microphone so you can quite clearly see that, you know, they're, they're two metres apart as, as well. So just to kind of cover the, the, the tracks a little bit. There's a sort of yeah. trust, there's sort of trust me vibe about that. And I think if, if uh, that sort of trust and authenticity about universities is sort of like, don't be afraid of doing that. But but you don't have to do it all like that or all another way, but you can actually, there are, there are things we're actually becoming familiar with. And that's, that's, I think what you were describing. Am I right? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And like you say, it is, it is that kind of from the very basic level, it quite often looks quite nice, you know, cause you've got all those kind of like, you know, lights and stuff like flaring into the camera and you can see the, the camera screen. So, so it's always normally quite an aesthetically pleasing shot, but then again, on the second hand, it's, it's kind of saying, Oh look, yeah, we're, we're showing you kind of behind the scenes. So, you know, we're giving you, you can trust us, you know, and and, and it's like you say, it's that kind of honesty with with the approach. And I'm assuming as well, and it's not all about budget, but budget's a, a, a factor. That mm. when you do that, when you you've, you've suddenly created a lot of footage where you haven't had to send people overseas, to, you yeah. haven't, you know, you've suddenly got a lot more footage to deal with. And again, you're not putting it together like lots of bits and pieces. It's actually being planned in advance. So, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing with with the the one that was entirely student kind of shot was the the work there was most certainly kind of in in the, in the pre production because you you you're trying to make sure that you know you would have a, a narrative that you could put through it and you, you're trying to kind of make sure that you know there's no gaps when you when you come to the edit and things like that. So so yeah, the emphasis is very much on, on the planning there and then and making sure there's something um, it is it is feasible quite often to kind of put stuff together with just kind of existing content but it's it's you know but it's never quite what you want you know if you know if you haven't kind of planned it in advance it's you're kind of just trying to shape something from from what you've what you've got so in the context of talking about pre-production there's another there's another area that i wanted to ask you about as well because i think it's the whole preparation piece that sometimes gets missed or oftentimes gets missed um and again is is that there's a parallel i'm thinking about sort of drama you have a have a script um but prior to that there's something called a treatment and and i as my understanding of a treatment is rather than having to write out a whole script or do a lot of storyboarding the treatment give a a summary an overview of um i think if people are creating films and pitching films to a studio the, the summary of who the characters are what the plot is etc cetera, etc cetera, but without going into a lot of detail um and but you can you can apply that principle i think to just ordinary videos as as well so is there any advice to people because pretty much anyone can do this it doesn't have to be a ton of detail but what's your advice given that the pre-production piece can sometimes get gets missed uh and all the information you know that that we talk about of you know dissemination purpose etc cetera, etc cetera. that can all be summarized in the treatment to begin with what's, what's your advice to people about that is that common first of all do you get people giving you treatments and if you do what tends to be in it and if you don't what do you think should be in them yeah we definitely yeah, get get kind of treatments um sometimes they can kind of jump the gun a little bit and be going into the kind of the creative process quite quite early days and 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 that's probably a few steps stages in really you know kind of like kind of thinking about kind of, kind of i want it to look like this and things like that um i think the key thing is it, it kind of i'm um, harking back to a, to a previous point the, the really key thing is to is to very clearly identify the messaging i think if you've got the messaging and what you want to say to whom then 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 we the, the rest of it comes naturally if you're not sure why you need a video then 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 we're going to be in trouble a little bit from the start you know do you need a video you know is there, is there a better kind of you know uh communication tool than, than that um so that's so, so my advice yeah from the from the start is is within the treatment you know keep it kind of short you know and succinct you know but, but clearly identify what you know your objectives and, and your messaging is within that and then once you've got that um and your audience as well you know i think that you know keep obviously talk about them once you've got that then then that's a good time to speak to an agency and say okay so so these these are what and you know obviously if there's things you like and creative approaches you like share them i think that's that's fantastic to do that you know because it's it means the client's kind of excited and engaged about it um but but i think you know be open to kind of what the agency kind of suggests as well because that's that's what they're bringing that's their special set of skills is that they're bringing to the table is 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 the creative around kind of your messaging so if people as as a rule of thumb then if people use that sort of classic 
this is what I want. This is the audience. And I either want them to think something, feel something or do something. Yeah. If people in a treatment, they just start with that. Yeah. Then then that's that's it helpful. So actually trying to do go too far to say we want a drone shot coming across here or we want it to be, you know, I don't know if this type of effect or whatever, that that's too much. And and it's not that um and I'm guessing here, you can correct me, but and it's not you're saying you'll be you'll do all the creative and you work in collaboration with clients. Yeah. And I've I've heard that from clients you've worked with who said, you know, how you how it's collaboration all the way, but um, but the treatment at the very least is saying this is who we're trying to reach and this is what we want them to either think feel or do and then you yeah. can sort of, you can build it from there presumably yeah 100 percent, absolutely i think uh yeah i think like the thing is we we tend to bring in kind of outside kind of creatives for various projects not for everyone but you know we do and and they might have a, a totally different perspective or seeing things that, that we wouldn't particularly when they, they were you know some of the younger creatives they, they, they're they kind of right got the finger right on the pulse and obviously they can you know they're, they're producing stuff and, and they're close in age to kind of the target audience like with student recruitment so they bring different things that that you know us, us oldens wouldn't necessarily certainly uh, kind of think of as well so yeah i always i always think it's, it's well with kind of obviously kind of having having conversations with, with clients about their kind of creative thoughts but also you know be open to kind of you know looking at different things as well okay and I, I was wondering also on the creative look of that and i know for say print design design for printed materials often an early part of that process could be something called a mood board where you're mm. just taking lots of whether it's typography or images or such and bringing it together on a you know it used to be literally paste things onto a onto a board and, and give a sense of this is the feel that we're going for yeah is is there an equivalent then is that is that sort of what you're there, alluding there, to there absolutely there, there is the same thing there is you know you know video uh, production you know can do you know uh, mood boards and things and but they, they won't be again in isolation they'll be kind of quite often accompanied with with things like storyboards and and it's again it's, it's the more info of, of how you think the you know the project sh- should feel for the client if you can get them to get that feeling you know even in, in pre-production then, then you want to win a really so so yeah i mean absolutely a concept board even sketch work you know mm-hmm. examples of of, of of things that similar that you know that, that might work as well yeah absolutely and it sounds it sounds like a boring and obvious cliche but it's sort of like the more preparation you can do mm. then the, the the filming and then the editing becomes um, yeah. more straightforward my 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 old uh, lecturer, I can't remember which which one it was, but it's, 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 it's sits in the head is somebody kind of saying that it's eighty percent pre production, you know, and and twenty percent production and post. I don't know, obviously that's that's you know spurious, but 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 it, it is that kind of balance. That, you know, everything is in, in in the plan. I mean, we haven't really kind of chatted today about logistics and things like that, mm. but that's that's a huge kind of part of of pre production as well. Is is and and the other thing. Uh, when, when kind of coming up with kind of concepts and things like that and, and it's, it always sounds like you know it's got negative connotations but but it hasn't is is understanding the limitations you know mm. of, of of what's feasible um when i've done kind of lecturing in, in the past working with students i think that's one of the kind of the the, the, the things we, you kind of have to kind of really kind of go through them is understanding actually what's you know what's feasible with with you know with the kind of the projects and the concepts you're coming up with as well um so i think that's just you know just a, a, an important part of you know of any kind of um, ideas development So another area that universities commission is for research mm. communication. I'm always going to get the terminology on this slightly wrong uh, because I was going to say it's the, the impact agenda has, mm. has increased considerably. And I always get corrected on that to say impact is not just about communications. And so just for the record, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm using it in, in a, in a more narrow term. So the, the impact and ref, for instance, I know has, has driven a lot of a lot of video production. Um, but before we do that, I know that you were involved in um, video abstract. So actually, this is the this is the point where academics are, you know, that th- there are platforms available where research papers are, are put online or put onto a platform. And the abstract itself is 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 a video piece you, you've got some experience of doing that um I, I don't know how much in terms of market growth whether you've seen a growth in that type of thing we're, we're finding we get more and more kind of um calls for that um i think again videos are going back to the kind of the emotional engagement it's a really good way of kind of getting potential kind of stakeholders policymakers and, and, and you know and funding bodies um 
involved so you know and it's a great way of kind of explaining things to to the to the layperson particularly when you're kind of doing kind of um content around kind of like technology and you know and advanced in technology you know a video can kind of communicate kind of some of the the more complex things in in, in, a, in, a, in an easier way um and it's engaging and that, and that that's it so so yeah i mean i, I certainly think um we're, we're getting more of, of, of that type of, of, of interest and inquiries around that and I, and I imagine then that that's quite that's a very specific audience. So this is a it's a, a short type piece describing the research, the academic, presumably you know voiceover from the academic themselves or the 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 lead researcher, and they're talking quite technically to a to a to a, a peer audience, an academic audience. Not not necess- not necessarily. I mean, we've we've done content which is actually um, been quite creative uh, in, in that respect. Sometimes okay. it's, again, it's about kind of uh, I'm thinking of recent examples we've done around kind of big data. And and, um, and kind of smart cars and things like that, where you know it hasn't been kind of quite so uh, uh, kind of like talking heads with an academic. It's you know they they wanted to kind of really kind of excite excite the audience a little bit. So so and 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 open the audience to the possibilities of the technology and, and, and things like that. So in, in those cases, they they tend to be a little bit more kind of creative okay. um, in their in their kind of their approach. That's interesting, and and so putting that to it because that's that's sort of a, a niche area. So general research communication. It is it. We've, we've talked about the principles around student recruitment. Is it, in your experience, similar approach, or, or are there other other factors involved? A, a similar a similar approach. Again, it's it's about kind of you know they wanting to communicate kind of clear clear messages. It can be. I suppose the, the difference in is is, is sometimes they, they they want to kind of really kind of push the results and things like that. And then I was kind of what I was saying about kind of with recruitment and, and things is, is is details doesn't necessarily engage. So so sometimes again you've got to be a little bit kind of creative with that. And also I think obviously with the audience being tending to be kind of more academic or more or more results driven, you you don't necessarily approach things with. Um, a more kind of abstract kind of creative you know you, you you want to kind of make sure that you know what the message is is uh is is, is is very clearly you know kind of communicated but that doesn't mean that like you know visuals and things are, are very dry or anything like that you know you can still bring in really kind of exciting and engaging visuals and and, and, and approaches and formats and things like that it's just that you, you need to make sure that that message because it's you know is very clearly communicated i'm wondering with research communications or research yeah research communications videos and film is there a tendency where you may be working directly with academics as opposed to say with student recruitment you're probably working through the marketing department yeah absolutely yeah so so yeah i mean we tend to again it depends on the institute but we we tend to with recruitment um particularly on the the, the overarching campaigns work directly with central comms sometimes we'll, we'll work with departmental comms teams depending on the institute and things like that um when it comes to research yeah we we tend to um work directly with the academics and again, they, they might have a, a comms person within within their school who, okay. who's involved as as, as well. Um, so yeah, so again, it's it's when we work with 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 academics, they might not necessarily have an understanding of the process um, involved in kind of uh, comms and things like that. So so that's that's one of the things we end up kind of having to manage. That involves a little bit more kind of uh, management. It's it's absolutely fine. It's no problem at all. But just to kind of get them to understand of of the techniques of kind of communication and things like that. And the cliche I didn't want to descend into is, of course, oh, you know, academics don't really understand this communications lot because the reality is, <laughs> the reality is, there's a lot of academics who, are, you know, really, yeah, good course, at te- yeah. really good at teaching. They're really good public engagement. A lot of them, or oh, a number of them, got sort of high-profile media careers. Mm. Um, and so, it's I'm not I'm not trying to make that point, but but I think actually there's so many things going on, and their time is so tight. Mm. It must be, mm. it must be hard because, yeah, and and the research that they're talking about is, you know they're very passionate about as well so you're you're dealing with something that's personally very important to mm. them as well so i was just mm. interested in your your thoughts about that well i think the thing is we tend to find i'd, I'd say almost you know 99 percent of the time that that they're really engaged with it because like mm. you say it is their research it is really important to them so they they really want to make sure that what's what's going out there you know what's essentially got their, their stamp on it is right you know and and it communicates what they want because it, it reflects on them so so from our point of view that the majority of cases you know it's 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 a really quite a quite pleasant kind of working relationship because they're open to kind of ideas you know they, they've obviously come to you because they, they like the, the look of the work you do and then and, and you know and, and they build the trust and things like that so so i, I always find it you know it's, it's, it's actually quite a pleasant kind of working relationship so my final question is if somebody's listening they're a student or they're looking to sort of shift tweak their careers what, what advice would you give to people if they if they wanted to get into filmmaking i know that's a really big broad 
piece, but to get to get into film production, what sort of things should, should they think about in terms of education, experience, the mm. types of uh, places they should be looking f- for jobs? Even what, what, what's your advice yeah. to people generally, John? Well, I think the, the key thing is to, is to try and get as much practice in as you can. Um, so, so you know, continue to kind of like to kind of learn as much about all of the areas, particularly at kind of when you, if you maybe if you're just kind of going from, you know, into college and things like that, learn, try and learn as much about all the different areas as you can initially. Um, practice kind of, you know, get a, a, an understanding of, of, of all the kind of terminology and the technology and what goes into each role. I don't think you need to be experts in, in everything, but I've, I've certainly found in, in my own kind of career that, being able to com- communicate and understand not necessarily kind of use all of the kit you know I'm, I'm way past the point of being able to operate kind of the latest camera cameras now <laughs> but but having an understanding how to talk the talk is is really valuable um but i would i would also say what i think i think is um as, as i've got a little bit older and, and a bit more experiences i realized that like, you know like the softer more transferable skills are, are really kind of important as well so making sure that those are kind of developed so like your own you know personal presentational skills and your time management and things like that so so it's, it's developing those that, that being basically multifaceted i think um and then i think uh depending on what you, you kind of want to do and where you want to kind of study and things like that maybe personally i found vocational courses and, and, and things with a little bit more hands-on were, were quite valuable for me um if i wanted to kind of get into into the the production side of things um so 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 that's something i recommend and then with regard to kind of where to go um the sector's opened up a bit and it used to be like it's entirely london based but you know there's there's this obviously huge huge kind of a, a media production kind of at salford and, and manchester you know and, and things like that but also you know like liverpool as well and and, and birmingham is, is, is doing well so there's plenty of kind of places you can you can go and yeah i, th- I think that's it and I, like i say i mean the main thing is just to kind of keep practicing even if you're on you know filming on, on your phone and things like that phone technology now is incredible you know you know you can't often see production companies you know they've got all, all the gimbal and all these kind of motion control rigs and right slap bang in the center of all that is is a mobile phone as well so so, so use that technology as well why not fantastic and if people want to contact you you're slate and mortar so what's what's the web address Yep, so it's uh, slaytonmortar.com. Um, if you'd like to email, it's uh, info at slaytonmortar.com or you can, you can get in touch with me directly, which is john at slaytonmortar.com. But it's, uh, it's J-O-N, so, so yeah, it's a funny spelling. And I know you, you put a lot of content out on LinkedIn as well, so yes. it's, it's possible to follow Slaytonmortar on LinkedIn and there's lots of general information there about filmmaking and, and, and such and yep. in, interesting content on there. So people can find you on LinkedIn as well as slaytonmortar.com. John, thanks That's for it. your time. I really Absolute appreciate pleasure. it. And uh, yeah, I hope to have you on again. We can talk in a lot more detail. So, you know, if you have that moment um, of uh, and look it up, by the way, there's, there's a really nice piece where you, you've done a, done a job for a university and you've actually got someone filming you doing the filming because it's actually uh, people, you know, you want boats and stuff like that. And actually, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really fascinating. I think it's a, it's a lovely piece as well. So if ever at that point people have lots of budget and they, they you know, they can afford all the kit and equipment and, um <laughs> then uh we'll, we'll talk about that in another one i'll get into a bit bit more detail and if, if you had the budget of spielberg what would you do that might be one of my questions but <laughs> john thank thanks for your time that was really fascinating you've taken through so a lot of information there and, and about your own background as well so so thanks a lot thanks again take care that's all for this episode thank you for listening if you're interested in producing podcasts at your institution or for your organization Please contact me at ken at apidium.com or find me on LinkedIn. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you can hear future episodes from Distinction.